Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Man, I am excited today. I'm excited. We are in our final week of uh, Divine Detours, which I don't know how that happened. Like, I, I really don't know how it happened. I feel like we were talking about horror movies, I blinked, and then we're at the last week of our Christmas series. <laughs> like, it's just crazy how quickly time uh, has gone by. But here we are. We're in our final week of this series, uh, and uh, we've been talking about expectations and what happens whenever they fall through, whenever our experiences don't really match up with what we were expecting to happen. And uh, man, I just, I pray and I hope that this series has been helpful to you. I hope that it's helped give you a fresh perspective uh, and a new way really just of looking at what happens and how you can handle uh, expectations that have to be edited because it happens all the time, especially this year, especially in 2020. But even regardless of the year, uh, constantly we are faced with expectations that don't exactly live up to what we were hoping it would be and we have to edit them. Um, one thing I want to say too from uh, the onset here as well is just I want you to know that I know what I'm saying during this series and what we've been talking about during Divine Detours. I get that it sounds a lot better on Sunday than it looks on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Like I, I just want you to know we are not trivializing anything that you're going through because there are a lot of people out there who are listening to me and you're not editing the expectation of, well, I thought I was going to get a brand new car this year and instead I got a slightly used one and I'm embracing that edited expectation. Like, I know that's not everybody because there's some people out there and the edited expectations you're going through are terrible and they're heartbreaking and they're devastating. Just, just this last week in our church family, just this last week in our church family, we have had uh, uh, people diagnosed with COVID so severe that they needed to be hospitalized for it. Um, we've had people in our church family who are in the midst of getting out of an abusive relationship and they're trying to figure out how that works because there's kids involved and there's other people involved and that's happening in our church family. Just yesterday, just yesterday, I had a funeral service for a high school friend of mine, 32-year-old dad who is dead now and his six-year-old son is trying to figure out what life is gonna be like without his dad and his mother and his father are also wondering what, what does life look like now without our son in it? How, how do we move on from this? None of those things were expected. <laughs> no one expects any of those things. And so you hear the pastor talk about embracing those edited expectations and realizing that there's a divine detour in the midst of it. And it's hard. <laughs> and so I get that it's a lot harder in practice than it is whenever we're talking about it on Sundays. But I want you to know that no matter how hard it is, you're not going through it alone. You're not going through it alone. Not only is God with you, your church family is with you. And so wherever you're at, if you are a member of the Cornerstone Church family, I'd like us to all just take a moment, let's bow our heads, and let's pray together real quick, all right? Father God, I just wanna thank you for the Cornerstone Church family, for the people who make it up, the precious, precious people who make up the Cornerstone Church family. There are so many wonderful people here, God, and I know Countless amounts of them are going through hard times, whether it's loss of loved ones, whether it's health issues, whether it's financial issues, whether it's uncertainty regarding their job in the future. God, I don't know, but you do. You do. And so 
we say with confidence today, even we don't know uh, how things are gonna turn out, even though we don't know what the divine detours look like, we trust you with it. We trust you with it, and we know that you are guiding us, that everything that's come our way, even if we didn't see it coming, you did, and that it's been filtered through your fingers. We can know that, and we can believe that, and we can hold on to that, and we can take confidence in that. So God, we know that you're with us. We know that your word tells us that, but what we ask is that your presence would be so abundantly clear to the members of our church family who are going through some really hard edited expectations right now that they would feel you with them and that they would know they are not walking through this alone. We love you, Father, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We are a family and we are in this together. And together, we have been all over the place the last couple of weeks of this series as we have been looking at edited expectations. Um, we've talked about uh, expectations that we have for other people. We've talked about expectations that other people have for us. We've talked about expectations that we have for God. And what we've been doing is we've been using the Christmas story, like the Christmas narrative, uh, to kind of look at different uh, examples of that, like see what that looks like in real life. And so um, we've been bouncing all over the Christmas story. <laughs> like we, we first looked at... Um, we looked at uh, Mary and breaking the news to Joseph about her pregnancy, uh, and then we looked at Jesus' genealogy, and then last week we looked at the trip to Bethlehem that Joseph and Mary had to make, and we looked at the shepherds there as well. Um, but as we wrap up today's, uh, the series today, what I want us to do is I want us to end it by going back to the beginning. So what we're going to look at, the story we're going to be focusing on today from the Christmas story is the announcement of Mary's pregnancy to Mary when she's told that she's about to become pregnant with Jesus. That's where we're going to be focusing. So if you've got a Bible, you want to read along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Uh, and what we're going to be drawing out of this story is God's expectation for us. God's expectation for us. So again, we have expectations on other people. Other people have expectations on us. We have expectations on God. And yes, there is an expectation that God has for us. And so if you're taking notes, uh, the sermon title today is Accepted is Expected. <laughs> Accepted is Expected. Because as I'm saying that to you, like as I'm saying that God expects something out of you, you may be thinking to yourself, What? <laughs> like, okay, great. Um, what exactly does he expect out of me? Like, is he, expecting, is he expecting something good? Because if so, can we lower the bar? <laughs> like, can we just lower the bar significantly? Because I, I don't know, what exactly is God expecting out of me? Uh, my sister, uh, Rachel, and a uh, family friend uh, from the church years ago, years ago, like whatever I mean years, I mean a decade plus, uh, named Rob Blair, they were in a band called Wildest Dreams that they started, just the two of them. Um, and whenever I say they were in a band, it, it wasn't like, oh, they were, you know, kind of good. They were really good. Like, they were really good. Like, had uh, CDs, uh, songs played on the radio, wrote the theme song, uh, and performed it for uh, IYC, International Youth Conference, uh, back in, I think, 2005, uh, a conference of over 5,000 young people. Like, really big stuff. Um, and so, they were, uh, they, they were the singing group. And a couple in our church, Mark and Megan Booth, they were engaged at the time, getting ready to get married, and they were doing a destination wedding. They were doing it in the uh, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area, and they wanted my mom, Pastor Brenda, to officiate it, and they wanted Wildest Dreams, the singing group, to sing at it, to perform. And so I got to tag along, so I'm like, well, shoot, I'm, <laughs> I'm related to two of the people. Can I come? So <laughs> I got a free trip to Gatlinburg out of it, right? 
So I go down there too, and uh, Mark and Megan are just building up Rachel and Rob, just building up wildest dreams to everybody. They're like, you don't even understand. They're, they're telling the, the bridal party and all these people what I've been telling you. Like, they've written these songs for this conference, and they've been on the radio, and they're so, they're so good. In fact, Mark and Megan got CDs. CDs made, uh, or, well, the CDs that Rachel and Rob have been selling, they got CDs and included it as part of the bridal gift to the bridal party. Just like, man, these people are going to knock your socks off whenever they sing. Like, they're, they're so good. And so we go down there, and it's at this beautiful little chapel. Um, but as beautiful as the chapel was, the sound system was the polar opposite of beautiful. It was awful. Like, it, it was bargain bin at Radio Shack awful. Like, it was just this terrible little sound system. So Rachel and Rob, great singing voices, just awesome singing voices, but it's on this terrible, terrible system. And so they tried working it out in the limited amount of time they had for run-through, but you can, only, <laughs> you can only do so much. So the ceremony gets ready to start. They're gonna sing one song together, and then Rob's gonna sing a song afterwards. And, you know, Mark and Megan, they've been building it up, like, just wait until you hear them, just wait until you hear them. And so they start, and they're singing From This Moment On, Shania Twain, from this moment. Like, they're singing this song. And from, I kid you not, from start to finish, from the first note to the last note, the system is feeding back something awful, just and whenever, whenever I say the whole time, I know you're thinking like, oh yeah, for about like 10 seconds. No, the entire song, the entire three and a half minute song, just people, there's people in the auditorium. There's a guy sitting in front of me laughing, like just <laughs> laughing. His wife is hitting him, telling him shut up and stuff. Uh, Pastor Brenda and Mark, the groom, were watching this all take place through a side door that had a little window. And my mom, uh, Pastor Brenda, looks over at Mark and says to him, the groom, so are you nervous? And he looks in and he says, well, I wasn't until now. <laughs> like now, now I'm feeling a little nervous. Uh, and the capper to the whole story that just is so perfect is as they finish the song, like I said, Rob had one more song to sing. So they finish, Rachel puts her mic in the stand and like she turns around to do it. And as she turns around, she's facing Rob with her back to the audience. And she looks at him and just says, good luck. <laughs> and, then, and then goes and sits down. <laughs> and Rob, Rob, he, he had a music stand in front of them with their like lyrics and stuff. And so as he was flipping, he, his nerves were just so shot by this last song that as he was flipping over from the one lyric sheet to the other one, his hand was like, as he was flipping the pages over, he was just so, so nervous. Like, oh my gosh. It was a crazy, crazy scenario. And it was just, the thing that made it so stinking funny is this idea of all this buildup. Like this expectation of just wait until you hear these people sing. Just wait, they're so good. And poor Rachel and Rob, they were really good. It was the system, right? It was the system's fault. But I mean, just this buildup, this expectation, and then the experience not exactly living up to it, right? <laughs> the experience was something completely opposite. And so whenever we're talking today, and I'm telling you that God has expectations for you, like he has an expectation on your life, it can be very easy to think, okay, well, out of the two, I want him to expect feedback. <laughs> I want him to expect the song to sound terrible. I want, I want low expectations. Please tell me they're not these built-up expectations that are like, change the world and be amazing and do all that because I can't do it. Like, I can't cut that. That's not where, it's not my strong suit. I don't have the skills to do it. My background, my story, my past, don't expect anything great out of me. So if that's you, if you're wanting low expectations, today is for you. Let's hop in. Again, we're in Luke chapter one, starting in verse 26. This is what scripture says. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to focus in on not a, a person, but a place. So we're just reading, and it says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to Nazareth, this small town in the region of Galilee. And the reason I want to focus right there real quick is because Nazareth was completely and utterly unremarkable. Just n nothing uh, that would make it stand out, nothing that gave it prominence or prestige or anything on the world stage. Just a small, little, insignificant, unremarkable town. Nazareth, it was located about 15 miles from the sea, which means that like any kind of shipping trade, any kind of business that would come uh, from the sea was completely out of question for Nazareth. So they didn't get any visitors. They didn't get any trade money, nothing like that. Not only was it blocked off from the sea, it was six miles from the nearest trade route. Like what we know about ancient trade routes, it was six miles away from the nearest uh, road that really went through. And so, I mean, I think about nowadays, if I'm six miles away from the closest, like, on-ramp. That's frustrating, <laughs> and that's in a climate-controlled car, let alone six miles away uh, of walking or riding on a donkey or a camel to get there. Like, that, that's, that's hard, and so it's just completely cut off from trade, from the sea and from trade routes. Um, the whole area had one well. We know from history that just one well in the city, city of town, and it was a weak well, so the water source wasn't great, and that in the entire city of Nazareth, around the time that Jesus was born, the population was most likely about 400 people. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> just this tiny, small, insignificant, nothing remarkable about it town. Have you found yourself in Nazareth? <laughs> Have you found yourself there before? Put it in the chat. I want to know. Have you ever found yourself in Nazareth in just a completely unremarkable situation? You look at your life and you're like, okay, I, I get it. I, I know I should, you know, shoot for big things. I should shoot to make a difference in this world and make a difference for God and make a difference for the kingdom. And maybe that's what God's expecting of me is big things. But I'm unremarkable. <laughs> look at where I come from. Look at the situation I'm in. God, you want me to do amazing things. How? I'm in Nazareth. <laughs> I'm in Nazareth. Nazareth was, was so unremarkable that later on in Jesus' ministerial career, when people would go and say, hey, we think we found the Messiah. We think we found him. It's Jesus of Nazareth. People would say, wait, hold up. Nazareth? The Messiah came from Nazareth? Yeah, right. No, come on. You're pulling my leg. Nothing good can come from there. Like, it's completely unremarkable. And maybe you feel the same way about yourself as like, what good can come from Nazareth? What good can come from my situation? God, if you're expecting great things from my situation, I'm gonna let you down. <laughs> I'm gonna let you down because I'm not gonna be able to deliver. Have you ever found yourself in Nazareth? Maybe it's your job. You feel like it's an unremarkable job and what difference are you really making in the world? Maybe it's your family. You love your family, but you're so invested there that you feel like, well, am I making any kind of difference outside of the four walls of my house, which is the most important place to make a difference, but you're feeling like, man, isn't there something else I'm supposed to be doing? And it feels like I, I don't have any time or energy to do anything else. There's stay-at-home moms who are like, man, I, like all I can do is keep my sanity. I can't, I can't change the world. I can barely like keep my house in order, <laughs> let alone change the world. Like, are you kidding me? What good can come from Nazareth? I, I can't do anything out of the situations I'm finding myself in. Is that you? Have you found yourself in Nazareth? Let's continue in verse 28. 
The angel went to her, went to Mary and said, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly, and this, this verse has always stuck out to me. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Kind of weird. That's like not what you expect in that verse. You have an angel appear and he says, hey, greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And her response is to be greatly troubled and wondering what in the world is this gonna mean? <laughs> like, that's not what I expect that verse to say, um, right? I mean, she's highly favored. The Lord is with you. I, I, I wonder what's that about? Why is Mary troubled? And that's something that actually theologians do wonder. Like if you type that in on a Google search, you can see that people still to this day are like, man, what, what really was going on there? What did it mean that she was troubled and that she was dist like distressed at this greeting and wondered what it might mean? Um, so here, here's my idea, okay? This is completely unproven, <laughs> but I'm gonna throw out there that maybe more so than being troubled and distressed, maybe Mary was greatly confused. Maybe she was greatly confused. Maybe she was looking at her situation, looking at her stature in the world, looking at her place in the world, being located in Nazareth, and she's saying, greetings you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Are you sure? <laughs> me? Like, have you seen where I'm at? No one knows me. No one knows me, no one knows my name. I'm coming from a town that nothing great comes out of. Maybe you have the wrong person <laughs> because I'm a no-name person in a no-name town. You must have me confused for someone else. I'm not highly favored. I'm not highly favored. Don't, don't expect anything great out of me. Don't expect anything great out of me. And you may be feeling the same way. You, you may be in situations where you feel the same way where you're like, yeah, don't, don't expect anything great out of me. I know God's with me in like the sense that he's with everyone and I'm favored in the sense that everyone is favored, but don't expect anything great out of me. Leave, leave greatness to the great ones, but not me. Don't expect anything great out of me. It's easy to even fall into that mindset as a church, like as a church, as Cornerstone Church to be like, well, you know, we'll just... We'll be plucky and we'll try our best to make a difference in this small little area, but making a big difference? No, we'll leave that to the mega churches. We'll leave that to the big churches with their big budgets and their big staff and their big facilities. But us, we'll just, you know, we'll just love on each other and have a fun time just being kind to one another, but don't expect anything great out of us. Have you found yourself there? I have. <laughs> I have. I found myself there personally as a, as, a, uh, as a pastor, as a father, as a son, as an employee in that position where I can get down on myself, right? And I can feel like, uh, don't expect anything great from me. Let's set the expectations a little bit lower. But here's the thing, and here's what I wanna tell you. If that is you, which if you have a pulse, it's been you at some point, even if it's not right now. If that is you, I wanna let you know you're great too. You are. May not feel like it, but you're great too. And your, your following right now or how pronounced your stature looks or, or, or if it looks like you're favored or not, I wanna let you know your following doesn't determine your favor with God. So it does not determine your favor with God. Yeah. Not one iota. So no matter how great you look to others, it does not hold any bearing on how God views you. It does not at all. And this is how I know. Let's continue reading. This is what it says in verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. 
He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Did you catch that in verse 30? I wanna read verse 30 one more time. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I wanna ask a question. Did Mary have to gain favor with God? Did Mary earn favor with God? Did she work for her favor with God? Was she born into her favor with God because of where she came from? Was, was her favor with God because she came from Nazareth? Because of this, this setting that she found herself in? Did she find favor with God because she was so skilled? Did she earn her favor? No, no, no. She found favor with God. Mary found favor with God. I, I want to uh, look at that word found. I, I was studying it a little bit. The, the word found right there, whenever you look at the original word that was used, whenever they wrote the New Testament, whenever the, uh, the book of Luke was written by Luke, he wrote it in Greek. And whenever we look at what the Greek word for found is, it's heurisco, heurisco. And what that word literally means to, to, to find something, it literally means to come upon something without previous search. To come upon something without previous search, she found favor. She just found it. She came upon it without previous search. So what's that mean? It means it was a gift. It was a gift. It was not something that was earned. It was not something that was worked for. It was not something that she put her blood, sweat, and tears into. It was something she found. It was a gift. So you know what that means? That means her skill set, her story, her situation, none of those things mattered. Her being from Nazareth didn't matter. Her being no name didn't matter. None of it mattered because it was a gift. She found favor. Now that right there, let me tell you, that is a huge implication, not just for Mary, but for us. Because the same thing is true for you and me that was true for Mary, that we do not get favor. Us, we do not get favor because of our situation. We don't get favor because of our skill set. We don't get favor because of our story or our setting. It doesn't come from any of those things. It's a gift. And thank God it's a gift. Thank God favor is a gift. I don't want to earn it. Do you? (laughs) I don't want to earn it. Because you want to talk about expectations? Something happens whenever something is a gift or if it's earned. There is a different set of expectations there. Because let's just look, um, uh, let's look at the, the story of the NFL this year. My Cleveland Browns, <laughs> I'm loving it. They're finally good, they're finally good. And their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, uh, back in 2018, he was the number one pick in the NFL draft. He was the number one pick. He was the number one pick because he earned it. No one just decided, oh, let's just give this to him. He found out he was the number one pick. He found it, he came upon it without searching. No, 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 he worked his butt off for that. Like. He spent years you know, getting his body into the right condition and getting his, his mind into the right place and studying opponents and studying their defenses and learning the proper mechanics of playing quarterback and throwing and learning how to read defenses. All of these things he studied and put into it for years to earn that position, to earn favor with 32 NFL teams so that he was picked number one. But because he earned it, because it's not something that was just given to him, because it's something that was earned, that means he fell out of favor too. 
right? You can fall out. If you've got to earn it, then, then you can give it up too. And sure enough, last season, whenever he had a bad year, guess what everyone was saying on talk radio? Get this bum out of here. Get him out of Cleveland. He's terrible. He's no good. He, he's washed up. He's only his second year in the league, and we already know the story on him. Get him out of here. All of that because he had to earn it. You do not want favor that you have to earn. You don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want favor that I have to earn because if I have to earn it, that means I can lose it too. I want favor that is a gift and that is precisely what God gives. The favor that God gives is a gift. Your situation, your setting, your story, your skill set do not play a fact into it. Aren't you glad that you find favor? Put it in the chat. If you are glad that you find favor and don't earn it, praise God in the chat. Say, thank you, God, that I don't have to earn this. That I don't have to work for it. That I don't have to do anything. I just receive it. I just receive it. Regardless of your situation, regardless of your skill set, regardless of your story, favor can find you. Now, if you're a logical thinker, which I I like to think that I am, (laughs) I like to think things out in steps, What I would be thinking right about now is, okay, great. So I don't have to do anything to earn favor. That's awesome. Good news, (laughs) right? That's great. Um, So that means God just gives me favor. Great. Okay, well, once I have his favor, once I have that grace, that favor upon me, now are the expectations high for me? Like, now God's saying, like, great, now here, here's the free gift of favor. Now I'm holding you to a standard. Now I have high expectations for you. Now things better be up and to the right all the time or else we're going to have issues. Like, is that what this means? Is, is that really, what, is that the next step? Like, I get favor from God and then he raises the bar on me and then the expectations are high? Well, let's look to the text for our answer. Let's continue. Verse 34. This is what uh, Mary says back to the angel. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? She's like, how, how in the world am I going to be pregnant? I'm a virgin. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. Uh, just earlier in verse or in uh, chapter one of Luke, we see that her cousin Elizabeth, who's who's an older woman, is actually pregnant too, and she's going to give birth. And so that's what the angel is referring to. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. So if you're asking yourself the question, like, okay, well, if I accept favor from God and I get his favor. Now, do I have high expectations? If I didn't before, do, do I now? Is that how this works? If we look at this conversation between Mary and the angel, I think it's very telling that Mary talks about her condition and the angel talks about God's uh, capability, wow. right? Mary's like, well, well, how can this miracle happen? Because I'm still a virgin and me, me, me. How can a miracle happen from me, me, me? And the angel responds with God, God, God. Like Mary, this wasn't about you to begin with. Like this wasn't about you to begin with. This is all about God. This is all about him working through the world. This is all about his plan. It's not about you. It's not about you. And we can do that so often. We're like, God, how can you do something great from me? He's like, well, it's, it's not you. <laughs> it's not you. It was never about you. You see, God follows up favor with follow-through. If he gives you favor and he starts pushing you towards something, he's going to follow through on it. You don't have to worry about, well, am am I gonna be able to do this? Am I gonna be able to do this? I didn't come from anything great. I don't have skill set. It's never been about you. 
It's always been about God. He does the work. It's not on us to perform the great things. It's not on us to perform the miracles. And some of us, some of us out there, some Christians are afraid to go all in because of that. Some Christians are afraid to go all in and to really start following God because they're afraid of what God might expect out of them. They're afraid that they expect, you know, if I... I've been so bad, if I become a Christian, God's gonna ask me to become a missionary. He's gonna make me move to like Africa because I've been so bad and I've gotta make it up to him, right? Like I've gotta live up (laughs) to expectations that he's set. And there's some people who are like, you know, maybe it's not that, but I've never given before. And if I start coming and I I really start following God, he's gonna require that like, I I pretty much sell my house and give it to him or I'm gonna have to volunteer all the time and I'm gonna have to do all these different things. And that's not it, that's not it. I and mean, we're gonna see that in just a moment. God expects only one thing from you. He expects only one thing from me. And this is it, verse 38, Luke 1, 38. This is what Mary responds to hearing the angel's call, to hearing what the angel is saying to her and what God's plan is. This is how Mary responds. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it's that simple. It is that simple, and it's always been that simple. Accepted is expected. That's it. Just say yes. (laughs) That's it. Just say yes to God. That's all he's ever required of anyone, is to just say yes, to just trust him and to take him at his word. That's it. In fact, you want to know, uh, before, because people have asked this, like, well, before Jesus, how did, people, how did people go to heaven? Like, before Jesus, how did people actually do this? And we get the answer, we see in the Old Testament that whenever God spoke to Abraham, when God spoke to him, and Abraham trusted God, he just took him at his word. God said, hey, I'm calling you out of this land, and I'm sending you to this new land. And Abraham said yes, and started following. It says that God credited that act to Abraham as righteousness. That even though Abraham wasn't righteous on his own, even though, like Mary, he came from this little no-name place, had no skill set on his own, wasn't great on his own, that just by saying yes, God credited that to him as righteousness, that's all God's ever wanted. All he's ever expected from us is to say yes, to accept him. That's it. Accepted is expected. Say yes to God. Say yes when you're scared. Say yes when you're worried. Say yes when you're fearful, when you're angry, when you're questioning, when you're doubtful, when you're depressed. Just say yes. You don't have to understand. You don't have to understand. Just say yes. It is the only thing that he asks to trust him, to obey him, and to say yes to him. And this is what I'll tell you. You can trust him with your yes. You can trust him with it. It's so funny. My kids, uh, Eden and Evelyn, they like to make potions and like, soup and little things like that, it's, it's nasty stuff, right? Like <laughs> they'll, they'll make, they'll go over to Mamaw's house and they'll make Skittle soup. They'll take like Diet Coke or whatever pop they're finding laying around in leftover cups and they'll pour it all together and then they'll go and grab Skittles and throw those in there and then they'll come over to you and they've done this to me before. They'll have their hands behind their back and they'll, daddy, close your eyes. I'm like, I don't want, no, <laughs> like, I'm not closing my eyes. No, no, close your eyes. So I close them and they're like, okay, now open your mouth. I'm like, nope, that's, that's my, nah, <laughs> that's my hard out on that one. I'll close my eyes, but I'm not opening my mouth whenever. I know you've got Skittle soup 
or some kind of potion back there that you're trying to force feed me. Like, I, I'm not doing that. And I know it can be a, a thought to think that that's what God has in store for you. Like, like you say yes to him and you agree to start following him and he's gonna try to force feed some Skittle soup to you, <laughs> that he's gonna put these terrible situations or ask so much of you or do all these different things. I don't know exactly what God's gonna ask out of you. I don't know, but I know he's a loving father and I know that you can trust him with your yes. You don't have to be worried that he's gonna pull the rug out from under you, that you're gonna be given a trick every turn, right? You don't have to worry about that. You can trust God with your yes. That's the only thing he's asking you for. Accepted is the only thing that is expected. So in closing, the last little bit, this is, if I could sum everything up, uh, that we've been talking about today. Th this, this would be it. This would be the sticky statement, right? That's what they tell you in all your communication classes is come up with a sticky statement for everybody. So here's your sticky statement for the day, okay? God does not expect you to be flawless. He just asks for you to be faithful. Wow. That's it. So he does not ask you to be flawless. He doesn't ask you to be perfect. He doesn't ask you to be great. He doesn't ask you to have it all together. He's not expecting all of these amazing things out of you and you, you better read your Bible this many times today and you better you know, do this and you better do that and you better only listen to 95.5 The Fish and you better only listen to worship songs and you better only watch movies that come out from Christian movie companies and you, you need to do all this and God's setting the expectation just crazy. Th that's not it. God is not expecting you to be flawless. He's just asking you to be faithful. That's it. He's just asking you to say yes, and that's all it's ever been. Just say yes to God. That really is it. That is, if I were to sum up what it means to, to follow the Lord, what it means to uh, follow the way of Jesus, it's just saying yes. Just saying yes to everything he puts in front of you. Yes, yes to my relationships. Yes to what you say about my finances. Yes to what you say about my, my career. Yes to what you say about my family. I'm just saying yes. I don't need to have the answer. I'm not the one who's supposed to be great. You are. <laughs> I'm just trusting you with it, and I'm saying yes. So it doesn't matter if you're in Nazareth. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you feel like you're from a no-name town and you're a no-name person and you don't have the skills or your situation is wrong. Nothing great can come from you. God, this is, God does not expect greatness out of you. He wants to be the greatness in you, wow. right? He's not expecting greatness out of you. He wants to be the greatness in you. He, he's not expecting you to do uh, amazing things. He wants to be the amazing thing in your life and work out of that. Just say yes to him. That's it. <laughs> just say yes. Just accept him. And when you do that, that is when you find favor. That's when you find favor in your life is by saying yes to God. And I know there's some people out there who have not done that yet. I know there's people out there today, right now, who are listening to this and you have not said yes Today's the day. Today's the day. It's time. It's time. And you know it's time because you feel, you feel it. <laughs> you feel that little burning on your heart. You, you feel that little like, okay, feels like he's talking to me. It's because I am. <laughs> Today's the day. So if you would, wherever you're at, I want us to bow our heads together and let's pray and let's say yes to God, all right? Father God, we are so thankful that we can trust you with our yes that when we come to you, we can take our entire lives, the entirety of everything, and we can hand it over to you and just say, yes, I trust you. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my work. I trust you with everything. 
everything. I am saying yes to you, God. Lord, I know there are people out there who have not said yes to you yet. God, I pray over their hearts right now that you would warm their hearts, that you would make them aware of their need for you, that they would stop trying to find favor through all the wrong means and realize that it doesn't have to be earned, it doesn't have to be won, it doesn't have to be worked for, it's just received. You just find it. And the only place we can find true, fulfilling, lasting favor is in you. Help them to see their need for that today and to put their trust and their faith in you. And God, for those of us who have already followed you, who have already made the decision to say yes to you, help us from this day forward to continue saying yes because man, it can be so hard to say no. So God, help us to continue to tell you yes in all of the areas in our life, in all the ways that it matters, and that we can trust you with our future, we can trust you with our lives and know that you are good for your word and that you will follow through. It just takes us being faithful. Help us to do that, Father. And we'll give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory that no other person on earth or above the earth deserves but you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.